1: Psalm 66, verses 1 through 9. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of her name. Give to her glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. She is awesome in her deeds toward the children of humanity. She turned the sea into dry land, and they passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in her, who rules by her might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living, and has not let our feet slip. Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 47 through 58. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be put to shame, and all her slain shall fall in the, shall fall in the midst of her. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing for joy over Babylon. For the destroyers shall come against them out of the north, declares the Lord. Babylon must fall for the slain of Israel, just as for Babylon have fallen the slain of all the earth. You who have escaped from the sword, go, do not stand still. Remember the Lord from far away, and let Jerusalem come into your mind. We are put to shame, for we have heard reproach. Dishonor has covered our face, for foreigners have come into the holy places of the Lord's house. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will execute judgment upon her images and through all her land. The wounded shall, shall groan. Though Babylon should not should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify her strong height, yet destroyers would come from me against her, declares the Lord. A voice, a cry from Babylon, the noise of great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans, for the Lord is laying Babylon waste and stilling her mighty voice. Their waves roar like many waters; the noise of their voice is raised, for destroyers come upon her, upon Babylon. Her warriors are taken, their bows are broken in pieces, for the Lord is a God of recompense. He will surely repay. I will make drunk her officials and her wise men, her governors, her commanders, and her warriors. They shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, The broad wall of Babylon shall be leveled to the ground, and her high gates shall be burned with fire. The peoples labor for nothing. And the nations weary themselves only for fire, second Corinthians chapter eight, verses one through seven. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. Good morning, and welcome to the fourth Friday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Gal, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 66, Jeremiah 51, and 2 Corinthians 8. And uh, I double-checked, I I missed Monday and Tuesday, and then I said the Wednesday reading was Tuesday. I've been all off this week. Sorry, it's been bothering me, so I just changed it. Um, this morning's readings are about uh, hopeful anticipation Saul uh, is really happy with the Corinthians um, for you know um, giving according to and beyond their means um, and you know he's talking them up and if you don't know uh, what the story is in the reading from Jeremiah I um, he, they're talk, it's probably written after Jeremiah's uh, died, but um, Jeremiah basically preached to the king before, like his kind of story. He preached to the king not to resist the destruction that was coming by the Babylonians. Um, and they, they did, the king did, and they were decimated by Babylon. And that's, that begins the exile of the remaining tribes of Israel and in jeremiah fifty one uh it's anticipating the destruction of Babylon by Assyria and king Cyrus um and so you know, the 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 songs of mourning by the rivers of Babylon will turn to joy um they'll sing for joy over Babylon, you know which will be destroyed and uh it's talking about how you know the the victory will be God's. And it will also be theirs. I mean, they will have their shame, their exile uh, come to an end. Um, And it kind of just goes over and over the the imagery of a defeated enemy, a defeated oppressor. And the the reason that you know this is written later is because Jeremiah didn't live long enough to see it. Um, He was a... You know, a young man, um, when he preached to, I can't remember the king that he preached to about. Look, don't don't fight this this conqueror that's coming. Um, you know, don't make treaties, don't do any of that. This is punishment coming from the Lord, and the king does it anyway. He was a young man when Jeremiah did this, um, and the ba- the Babylonian exile lasted, I think, a full lifetime, a full generation. Um so Jeremiah wouldn't have seen it um and you know who knows if he would have had reason to hope um but the the community that surrounded Jeremiah that believed in what he was doing, even if they failed to follow his um his prescriptions um before israel fell um they've they probably have like added this on uh because there's a lot of detail you know they come from the north um and the you know the the walls will fall um and babylon is like the central uh antagonist of the of the old testament and that's because a lot of the stories that had been passed around just kind of loosely uh in israel had only just barely begun being written down and when the exile happened, they realized, oh, we've got to we've got to write these things down. And so a lot of scholars believe that many of the canonical texts took their final shape um, during the Babylonian exile. Um, and you know there were probably court records and all the rest, but there weren't like inspired writings. There weren't you know narratives of what God was doing in the midst of all this. Uh, history and what and what they were experiencing, and what you know, Scripture does uniquely, um, um, among other writings, is that it tries to give or gives us a sense of uh, a wider sense of what God is doing, not just what's happening, but how does what is happening display what God is doing. Um, outside and independently of us, so it's not just like a history book. It's like this happened in this moment, and then this happened, so that was the result. It's God was doing this thing, um, and that's why this happened. Um, God and Jeremiah, his prophetic call, was to preach destruction to his own people. Um, you know, the they there's reason to believe that Jeremiah actually preached what he preached without knowing, as a historian knows, what was about to happen. And so there's this mix of divine agency and human agency in scripture, which is what I really appreciate. God knew what was going to happen. Jeremiah didn't. Um, All he knew was he was told to preach this thing Um, and... Uh, once it had befallen the people, then it became more clear that that what Jeremiah was saying was about what God was doing, right? So yeah, you could say, uh, yeah, the Babylonians came in and destroyed Jerusalem and oppressed the people, brought them back to their own land. But w- Scripture says Israel had been screwing up, and so God was going to act through the Babylonians, and he did, and here's how he did it. Um, and so the you know if you grew up you know hearing about inerrancy and you know biblical literalism and you know um, uh, left behind and and like trying to make a story out of hyperbole in John like you know or you may get some anxiety when I say like Jeremiah didn't write the you know Jeremiah fifty one but that just a lot of the popular kind of Christianity um, hasn't seemed to fully appreciate the fact that Scripture is like Christ, both human and divine. Um, It's not a history. It's not just saying what's happening. It's saying this is where you can find God in what happened. And that involves a certain amount of ignorance and a certain amount of assistance. Jeremiah didn't know what was going to happen, either in the destruction or the return. But the people that he inspired, the community that he was a part of, carried on his legacy and and edited and, and added to his work. Um, that is precisely what the church does, right? The body of Christ is both human and divine. It's working together to um, create on earth... What we anticipate in heaven, um, and so I'm not, you know, I, I I just don't put any stock in inerrancy. That just, you know, to think that God breathed these words directly onto the page, I, I'm I'm very sorry, but no. Um, I mean, you have to deal with a certain amount of editorial work if you're reading in English because this is not the language that they were written in. Um, and so, rather than be anxious about whether or not, you know, we're reading quote-unquote God's Word and what that means, I think coming at it through, you know, with curiosity and interest and engagement and participation, um, I think gives us a fuller, uh, you know, understanding of what Scripture really is about and how it fits with the story and the tradition and the understanding of Christianity in the world.
0: a prayer for the mission of the Church, from the Book of Common Prayer. Ever-living God, whose will it is that all should come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, inspire our witness to him, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.